words appear. The email addresses and groups mentioned in this program are no longer available. The Blind Handyman Group does exist in its new incarnation on groups.io. To join, send a blank email to blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. That's blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. Alternatively, you can join our Blind Handyman Facebook group. Links will be in the description box below. Recorded at the Little Ranch House on Southwood Drive here in Lufkin, Texas, September 9th, 2003. For the next hour, we're going to talk about building, repairing, and maintaining, all designed with the blind in mind. Here are the hosts for the Blind Handyman, Don Shaw. Good to have you back again, Thomas. Oh, it's good to be back. It certainly is. Don Patterson's here today. Were, were you gone, Thomas? I uh, was gone. Just oh, one I, week. One I, week. Only I show wondered, I've ever missed. I wondered uh-huh. why I was missing you. I wasn't sure. I thought, <laughs> thought you were here, but then I wasn't sure. Oh. <laughs> well, I, 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 I kind of blend in sometimes. I know that. Anyway, I'm Tom Houston, folks, and the creator and producer of the Blind Handy Man. Here he is, Phil Parr. <laughs> <laughs> I love Well, I missed you. I'll tell you that. I missed you because I had to run the board. Running that board. I don't care for it. You don't like to run no, the board? No, I did not enjoy running. I, I can, but then I, then you got to think. I have to, you know, you, I just didn't like it. It wasn't well, near You can as, tune in on show, show number 50, and it, it was probably, you'll, probably you'll sub, see how, how it, it jerks. and Substandard. You know, yes, it's sub. Standard. Yeah. It, it didn't sub- have the smooth, you know, how to <laughs> keep everything yeah. flowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. It, I know. Subpar, I think would be. What would that be? Subpar? <laughs> guys running the board, it couldn't be subpar. I don't like the stereo stuff. Ah, it's different. It is. It, it is. It, it really is. It's yeah. just sounds People are coming at you from all directions. From all directions. Oh, you want to switch? No. No, no don't worry it the way it. It We'll is. just leave it the way it is. We'll okay. see how it sounds. 
So yeah, so we, we're, we're, we're recording, of course, on ACB radio, it'll be in mono, but we're recording in stereo today, just in case 100 years from now somebody gets these CDs out, they'll go, well, wow, they did that in stereo. Isn't that amazing how they did that? I don't know why. <laughs> hey, it was Shaw's idea, wasn't it? Uh, we just messed around yesterday and said, why not, didn't we? Why not? Anyway, so we're in stereo today. We have uh, we have mics panned. We have Don Shaw on one side of the pattern. And uh, the way we sit in the room, Don Patterson and I are in front of the board, and Tom is at the board. And uh, let's see. Actually, the configuration is wrong, isn't it? Because I'm further this way than you are. You really are. You're to my left. Yeah, so we have Tom padded, potted all, panned all the way to the left and Don Shaw panned all the way to the right. And Patterson and I kind of up the middle for you stereophiles who understand that sort of thing. I don't, but anyway, that's the way it is. So we, <laughs> we thought we'd try and kind of say it worked. I wish, I wish I had a... And Frankie, of course, is right at the middle. I wonder if he lined yeah, us up. Right a, I wonder if he, he set us according to our politics. Or, I, I would, am, the, am I not far right? What? what, uh, what? I'm, I'm coming right up the well, middle. It'll no, never happen. No, you should be <laughs> far right. Yes. At the middle. You should certainly be far right. In fact, you should be out there by the air conditioner. Out there by the air conditioner. <laughs> Over there in the trees or somewhere as far right as you are. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know. And I'm as far left as you are. In fact, we shouldn't even be able to hear each other right, that's as far say. apart as we are. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm, you know, shouldn't even be in the same room. I'm further left than most people I know. Um, anyway, uh, what else are we talking about? We we have uh, kind of we have a little cool weather in East Texas. Fall has come early to the pines. Yeah, we're all happy about that. And, and which show is this? Fifty one. Number fifty one. Absolutely amazing. Number fifty one. Um, and we've kind of changed places. We have a new computer. We have a new monitor, and we Pat and I switch places. So I don't know. Things just don't seem to. Nothing is the same anymore, Don. It's just. Yeah, I want to I swap back. Lots you do? You like it better over here? I liked it better over there. All right, well, I'll see if I can do that. The thing is. Uh, <coughs> I maybe... promise not to unplug anything on the computer. Well, don't unplug anything. But I thought this fan would. I didn't. Actually, the reason I moved, I didn't want to hear you bitching about this fan. Here. <laughs> that's exactly why. Well, I, mean, I you know me. I, that's I do. That's why I moved you. I didn't want you, want you going. Boy, that fan is just no. It drives me crazy. I didn't want to hear it because I knew I'd go. Okay. You know, I didn't want to put myself in that position, so I moved you. Okay. That's a fan over here by me. Switch at the first break. Switch? No, we can't do that. <laughs> I guess we could. You we want could. To? Yeah, why not? Why not? Switch at the first break? Sure. Because then you get the good mic. Bring up that bumper music, Mr. Tom. No. <laughs> no, it's no, no problem. No problem. We'll, we'll, we'll tough it out here. But we have a, Gordon Vick is going to be our guest today. He's Tom's. Vic's brother. We're going to talk about pest control. So if you have any pests, alert them. We're going to tell you how to get rid of them. <laughs> control your pests. Control your pests. Pest That's right. That's right. What we've done is made too many changes in one day. We have made right? some changes now. We've got, we're doing it in stereo, and Pat and I have switched places, and we have a new, we've made too we many changes. The new computer, the fourth board, fourth? Tom is back. Too I many guess. changes I mean, in I one day. for anybody over 50, it would be, yeah. It's hard. Too, yes. too, yeah. It is hard. When, as you yes. get older, it's hard to make these. Uh, if we were young bucks now, it wouldn't matter. No, it wouldn't, like wouldn't Don Shaw, who's only 51. <laughs> he's just, yeah. well, he's 51. a mere child. Yeah. Just a child. And, and he has a job. Shaw has a job Shaw, tell us about your job, Shaw. wouldn't go that far. Tell us about your job, Don Shaw. What do I do? That's the question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, we talk about technology a little bit, about Jaws a little bit. Don Patterson gave up his his erstwhile job at the college and gave it to Don Shaw. He just 
Just you just out. I, 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 I retired. Like I, I retired to the countryside, as they say. And you're going to be out there with the yellow jackets. Out there with the yellow jackets and the varmints. And, and uh, Don Shaw is now going to the college every day, every the morning. University of Lufkin. The University yeah, of Lufkin, teaching the new, uh, teaching the the new recruits as they come in, Jaws and things like that. So he's Professor Don now. Yeah, I wouldn't go quite that far. Actually, has a gainful job, and I'm happy about it. If you call him, Floyd, he's out there. Man. He talks like this. Yes, he does. Now, give us your library voice, John. Oh, it's kind of like a golf game. It is. What? We, Pat never talked like that. He was, hi, Phil. How you doing? Hey, what the hell's going on? You know. I thought he was at the PGA. I, mean, well, I thought yeah. when he called me this morning, he said, oh, like CD recorder stuff. I thought, Mary's asleep. Mary That's must funny. be lurking around the Mary corner. Mary must be asleep and dead. He, 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 the corner. He doesn't want her to know that his CD recorder's crapped out. That's what yeah. the deal is. You know, that was the deal, huh? But you fixed no, it. Huh? How's it work? Yeah, got it rolling. You but got you it fixed. You might explain, yeah, that your your facility there at the school is in the library, and so you were kind of yeah, we're right out of my honoring the age-old tradition stuff. of quiet, please. Quiet in the library, yeah. Yeah. students, which study. everyone should be in the library. Right. I've, I've never been to a library. I wouldn't know. <laughs> it does have a quiet atmosphere to Everybody, it. Everybody, even the people that's in charge. I mean, they walk around. They do. <laughs> we're, just, we're just getting an occasional noise. Frankie. They always told me to hold it occasional down. Occasional noise. Yeah, hold, hold it down. Keep down that racket. I'm going to pass the joke. Uh, <laughs> hold it down. Here's the thing. Uh, should we do? Oh, Thank we you say. for passing that. Joke How much down. time have we killed already? Let's do email. What do you think? You email got time. You, you want to do email? Email time. Here okay. Good show now yesterday, for- guys. Uh, Don't what? forget, it's coming out of your right ear. Oh, okay. It does, it does sound weird, though. I'm, I'm not kidding you. Yeah. Here in Canada, the federal government just announced a new program to assist homeowners cut down on energy use. Uh, the, the Kyoto Accord, sorry for the spelling, the way I understand the program will work is that you get an expert technician to inspect your house, uh-huh. and he or she makes recommendations, generally for insulation, windows, and a new furnace. Now, if you follow their recommendations, the inspector comes back and confirms your improved energy conservation, and you'll get a grant from the feds to defray some of the costs of the retrofits. Okay. Now, we live in a 50-year-old-plus old house. Uh, well, let's see. How's it? We live in a 50-year-plus old house with a 50-year-plus old furnace. Uh-huh. Now, we've done some improvements since we moved into the house about 15 years ago. New windows, new steel doors some insulation improvements. So I know the top recommendation will be for us to install an energy-efficient furnace. Yeah. The show guest, uh, sorry, I did not get your name, indicated that if you get an efficient furnace larger than required, then it is not cost-effective, but it would be better to err on the side of the furnace that is too small. Now, how is the calibration for the size of the furnace made? We have the old wrought iron hot water heaters, so I assume this has an influence as well as the size of the dwelling. Also, would an efficient furnace require some work on the chimney, or since the gases are cooler, does this mean we should be okay in this area? Many thanks, and keep up the good work on the show, guys. You know, I would say the thing to do would be post that on the list, if you're not on the blind handyman list, because a chill a blind man is what he calls himself. Uh, well, I, f- I can't remember his name. It, it did. That, that was off the list. Yeah, oh, that came off the list. Okay, that's from the list. Okay. Yeah, and this guy's name is Charlie McDonald. We've heard that name before. Is this a? In the oh, this list? is a, This is our guy from uh, from Medilla, New York. 
no, no, this guy no. from Canada. Halifax, yeah, Nova, Nova Scotia. Scotia. Have we yeah. had him on? No. No. No, okay. I have not. Yeah, because he's already lost me on a couple of things, like the talking about the furnace and then yeah. a chimney. Unless that is just to take out the gases from the... I, I don't know if he's burning coal or oil or or electricity or what, but the, but the guest last week did say... You know the, uh, the the that it was better to go smaller than larger. Uh-huh. Uh, I think some people might have a little trouble reasoning that out. I do. And I have also <clears throat> heard that you know in this country they do it by this ESR rating, uh, your efficiency. Yeah. And there comes a point that like in the the we're building the new house, and so I asked the guy what kind of unit to air conditioning and or heating that he put in and he said about a 12 which is kind of in between and and he said because when you go up to the 15 or 16 the cost of the unit uh will not offset the will savings will not offset the save that's right you're paying more for that extra that you're not gaining and it's real interesting in in uh in in efficiencies uh, like I happened to watch a thing this sounds strange but I'll work it in trust me on the history channel about in the the big ships in the Titanic area, and they were talking about that they that back then speed was a thing crossing the ocean, but it only worked when you got to be 21 knots, or roughly 25 miles an hour. It was good, but when you tried to go faster, even one knot faster, almost cost you half as much fuel as it did to yeah. to get to that. 21 oh. miles an hour. So, so this would be the same principle. I think this is the same principle with furnaces, but. But I, I really, I mean, the retrofit there again. If, if the governments, you know, if they're they're paying you to do this, I guess you could make the improvements you could. But well, you know, our government could do something like that, except we're too busy paying for a war we started, and giving the rich tax cuts. Or maybe we could do that here in this country. What do you think? Huh? Well, I figure all of ours was going as foreign aid to Canada to allow this guy. Well, we don't give Canada any foreign aid. Make the modification. We don't give Canada any foreign aid. Get out of town. Your president might, but Bill Clinton. Didn't. I figured the reason why we can't do this in Texas because they're doing it in Nova Scotia. Yeah, if the government's going to pay for it, take whatever they want. But anyway, did we get a, an answer on the list from the Chilla Blind Man? We got uh, some responses. The, I don't know about the chimney, probably unnecessarily, but just kind of in figuring the kind of the size that you needed, you got to take into consideration the, how many windows and doors you have, the size of the rooms, the size of the total air, uh, 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 the, the size of the total area that you're cooling and heating, uh-huh. things like that. Yeah, and I guess in in, my, in our case, the problem in our house is those high ceilings. So you'd have to t- somebody have to I figure guess. that. That's what I don't think they figured when they did in our house. Anyway, it's. Never been efficient. But now the most efficient deals run the copper through the ground, don't they? I mean, there is a system of some sort that uses underground, somewhere or another that uses the cooling. Because they say 100 feet down, it's always, the earth is always cool. Always, yeah, always. So the there's some temp. system that you can, we might we might ask that guy a little later about that. But anyway, but if, if you posted that to the list, I bet you get some answers. I'd be interested in reading the answer next week. Uh, could we? Well, yeah, we could check on that. Could find that? See. Well, see I'm uh, boy, the neat thing about up there, I bet you his big expense would be heating, as opposed, you know, oh, I you imagine bet. he has no air conditioning, maybe uh, not even air conditioning. He wouldn't need probably any. Probably just furnace, yeah. yeah. Well, there, there's a postscript that goes with this okay, uh, go ahead. email here, and it says, P.S., who is the warden 
are you on parole, Don? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'm on. Uh, I I stay under electronic surveillance, pretty pretty regular. Uh, I'm off right now. Uh, the warden is. I'm married to the warden, or I'm kept by the warden, or something. He's, he's kind of a kept man. I'm a really. kept man. We're we're building a house together, actually. The warden and I. And uh, yeah, he thinks well, think she's going to have some say so about I, it. He's not. I'm but, not. Yeah. She's already told me which rooms I control. Uh, uh, which are none. none. The garage, maybe. The, the extra garage. <laughs> but uh, garage. that's that's who the warden is. So we answered that question. Yeah, the warden. We'll we'll have to have the warden on the show, I guess. Yeah, yes, you'll have to come as a guest. You'll have to come as a guest. I, let me mention for the last time this cruise that we're going on before we get any further and this will take up well i guess i could do this at the end you want to go ahead and read one more no, email well we, i can't okay, whatever go ahead. We'll, we'll you're, do this you're the, the creator I'll, we'll do this at the end go okay ahead. here we one go one more email quick okay we have a central heating and cooling system which is a heat pump <clears throat> of the high efficiency type but we also have two fireplaces and an oil heater mm-hmm. and we use the central system for general temperature control but in the evenings, after the work at the salt mine is done, nothing beats a roaring fire in the yeah. fireplace. Yeah. Now, I've made the mistake of starting a fire with the damper in the closed position. Haven't <laughs> <laughs> we all? Yeah. No, I never have. <laughs> only takes a few seconds to recognize the error of my way. <laughs> yeah. I generally use Braille pages out of magazines, along with dry kindling, uh, which I've split into small pieces to start the fire, with the larger logs arranged above the starting material. I cannot store all of the Braille magazines I receive each month, so I'm able to start the fire and help with the trash at the same time. Yeah. I generally will place uh, from three to six logs on the, uh, on the uh, dog irons so that I get a nice big fire with a large bed of coals for later. I have an outside uh, air supply for combustion purposes, which increases the efficiency of the fireplace. Messy, no doubt, but I think the wonderful ambience is worth the effort. I will guarantee that it will warm your companion if you have uh, if you get her to cooperate and join you in front of the fire. Yeah. A glass of peach brandy uh, is also recommended. Yeah. <laughs> to have with the evening. Who is when, this guy? When the uh, this guy's name's Clifford. Yeah. <laughs> with a name like Clifford, you've got to be a romantic source, so. you know. Oh. <laughs> well, anyway, with with the evening when the temperatures drop on the outside. Here in the valley, our temperatures tend to drop most evenings after sundown. We have our first hints of fall here in East Tennessee, so I'm starting to think firewood, etc. There are no good reasons blind folks can't enjoy a good fire and all that goes with it. Oh, You're no. That's truly true. Clifford Wilson. Clifford Wilson. I've, I've, Clifford. Been, I've had a fireplace for well, ever since we uh, since we moved to Burke. Well, I was married to my first wife. When good God, that's a long time ago. Speaking about the warden. Speaking about the warden. That's speaking of the warden. Our parole or out on parole. Uh, she I, was, she a, was probably an escapee. Saddam, <laughs> Saddam Hussein's niece. Uh, uh, we that was like '74. Uh, so I've had a, I've been building fire since. And it's no problem to build a uh, for a blind guy to build a fire. You just do it like a Sighted guy would. I just lay some, get some small, some small logs, and and usually there's a box or something around you can tear some cardboard off of, or, or paper towels will do nicely. Or those we have this pages. those braille pages, which idea. of course I don't have. But we have a thing in East Texas called rich pine. I guess you can find this. Uh, 
<clears throat> in other parts of the world, but I never saw it till I moved up here. And it's actually, if you get a little splinter of this stuff, you can light this stuff with a match. The wood will actually light. Like the rosin in it is the so rosin in intense. It was, yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll right. And so you light a little sliver of rich pine, and then you take that, and you get a larger piece of rich pine going, and that rich pine will burn until the kindling is caught and you've caught your logs. So if you can find some rich pine, and you can tell if it's rich, you can smell it. You can smell that turpentine or that pine rosin in it. Maybe somebody who knows a little more about it will email us on the list. But there's no reason a total can't build a fire. I've been doing it for years. If you need help, right. give me a call. Cause yeah, it's, uh, and we also, you know, being that three out of the four of us here are blind in yeah. some fashion, uh, visually, uh, you know, uh, partially sighted or otherwise, and we've gone all the aspects of uh, fire burning, cleaning the fireplace, cleaning the chimney. Uh, Phil and Don, I think, told the tale one time about using the log splitter. They wasn't sure how yeah. to use it. I believe it was a gasoline jobber. Yeah. But anyway, to make it even better, and we always like to do tools uh, that uh, that help blind people, I mean, that are safer. And this letter, I hadn't thought about this till I heard the email. But on TV, and we don't push any products, but the people, the DR people who make DR brush mowers, and D, I'm looking at one yeah. of the post hole diggers, they make an electric log splitter. You can use it in the house, in the basement. It's, it'll do up huh. to a 10 or 12 inch log, Whoa. and it's safe. I think it's like low. It's just a constant pressure, but it's not noisy, gasoline. Yeah. And I, I, I saw a demonstration of it on TV, and it's, it would be great for a blind guy. And no kidding. You know, so, well, uh, if, you, if you live well, in an area where you need to, we, we had, when we built this house, we had a lot of trees. We lost a lot of trees, so that consequently we had some wood. But most times, you know, for $100, you can buy a quart of firewood that's split. Already. Right. But electric log splitter, we'll talk yeah. about that. Well, yeah. I'd like to have it, one. It was a yeah. neat-looking no little gizmo, yeah. quiet, and it's portable. The guy picked it up and put it in the trunk of his car. That's cool. So, uh, that's I may, have to, I may yeah. have to have one of those. The DR, the same people wow. that make the DR trimmers and DR brush mowers and Whoa. Never so. Of course, if it didn't on CNN, I don't see it. The liberal channel. Anyway, we'll... Uh, our saw guest, this on Fox. Gordon, yeah. well, I won't ever see it. You know, it's the arm of George, the George Bush administration. The, uh, we're going to do our guest, and we'll be back in just a moment with more of the exciting Blind 90 Man show, guys.
blind like me, lowercase all one word, at txucom.net. That's blind like me at txucom.net. Contact information. Blind Handyman listserv. Blind Handyman dash subscribe at yahoogroups.com. That's Blind Handyman dash subscribe at yahoogroups.com. Contact information. Blind Handyman at hotmail.com. Blind like me at txucom.net. Blind Handyman dash subscribe at yahoogroups.com. Email us often and give us your opinion. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our shows, give us your contact information. Hi, everybody. This is Phil Parr. We're enjoying putting these little programs together for you. We hope you're enjoying them, too. We've been on with the Blind Hattie Man for more than a year now. We've done ten Blind Like Me shows. We're having one little problem. You can help us with it. We always need guests for both shows, and we sometimes have a problem finding them. If you'd like to be a guest on either show, or you know someone who might make a good interview, email us at one of the following addresses. Blind Handyman, all one word, at hotmail.com, or blindlikeme, all one word, at thucom.net. Also, if you have ideas for future shows, include them in your email. We look forward to hearing from you. And please tell your friends about the show. Thanks again from all of us at The Blind Handyman and Blind Like Me. of the blind community, this is the Blind Handyman. We invite your correspondence at our address, blindhandyman at hotmail.com. To be a part of the show, leave us a phone number and we will contact you soon. Now, with more of the Blind Handyman, here's Tom Houston. Doesn't she sound sweet? <laughs> I'm telling you, that Jan sounds wonderful. I get better yeah. all the time. I that sounded better than the guy we had to introduce us uh, two weeks ago, the last time I worked here, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Anyway, we have a very special guest today, ladies and gentlemen, a guy that I'm kin to. And uh, uh-huh. <laughs> he's on the phone. Say something, Gordon. Well, hello, folks. It's good to have you with us. It's hello, great. Gordon. Great to be with you. Well, he's Tom's brother, and he builds a hell of a deck. He's a hell of a deck. <laughs> we'll have to give you that. Man, those are, that is, that's class work. You know, it, it, uh, it's really nice. I really appreciate that. I just regret that, uh, that I don't know if you played it. You, you didn't plan to come down when I was out of town, did you? No, as a matter of fact, I was disappointed when I didn't get to meet y'all. I was, too. I wanted to meet you and you and, uh, you and Rufus both. Maybe, maybe you can come back down. At some point in time, hopefully or, we can. We're going. We're going to plan to do that. Well, you need to come down and keep Tom straight. Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't know. I guess you had a good time, but nobody enjoyed your visit more than he. That's all he talked about for three weeks. Oh man, we loved it. We he, had a wonderful time. He enjoyed it. It really gave me an opportunity to be around his children. You know, yeah. I hadn't been spent much time with them, so I really enjoyed it. Well, they spend a lot of time at his house. I understand. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> yeah. I understand that they uh, they do a lot of grocery shopping over at his house. Hey, hey, Bill, that's all. correct. But I don't think he'd have it any other way. I don't think he. He complains about it, but I don't think he right. would either. I think he, right. he enjoys having it. Well, how is how is you? Understand you're you're uh, now in the Birmingham market. Is that right? That is correct. With uh, Abacon Gutters in Birmingham, if anybody's listening, they could call you. And, uh, that is correct. And we we started production Monday morning. We've been selling for about a month. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We actually went into production uh, Monday morning yesterday. 
Uh-huh. And and we're we're doing our thing. And you got that boy you're selling, do you? Huh? Oh man, does he ever? Does <laughs> he ever? Well, I understand he's setting the woods on fire selling those gutters. We have we have a well, he is excellent. And of course, we have a, another guy in Chattanooga that is excellent. And uh-huh. I just get good reports every day. That's good. And I just think it's wonderful. So you're making lots of money. Well, uh, we we're making some money. I don't think you ever make enough, do you? <laughs> you don't ever make enough. No, <laughs> I guess you don't. But you started by production. You mean you started actually installing? We're you? actually st- installing. Yes, well, that's, that's yes. good. So if somebody wanted to call you, spell your, your name. You Avacon, spell it for it's us. It's A B A C O N. Avacon. Yes. Gutters in Birmingham, Alabama. So if you live in that area, call just call Gordon and tell him hi. Tell him you heard him on the blind Andy mentioned. Right. Buy right. some gutters if you want. Love to, to hear from you. Well, you also, uh, in addition to this gutter business you have, you've been doing pest control for a number of years. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That is correct. Well, this is the time that the vermin want to move in with you. Says the weather gets cooler, they don't like it outside, so they decide that they come in the house. So it's probably a good time to kind of start to talk about that kind of thing. So tell us what to watch for and and, and what to, uh, okay. what kind of person you get to help you, or just talk about it a little bit. One of the one of the ideal situations about pest control is. Pests pretty much so like what we like. They like good food. They like uh, controlled environment. Sex. Uh, yes, sex. Lots of sex. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, fortunately for the pest control operator, he has a job. Yeah. And yeah. that's to go in and get rid of these little creatures that we're talking about. The pest control industry is, of course, regulated in most states by the state. However, it requires also a federal certification. And... uh it's regulated now to the point to where uh, it's it, it's terrible. I guess that's the only word I can say. It's terrible because of the fact that they have put restricted uses on pesticides and and made it very difficult for the pest control operator or the small operator. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in doing so, what happened to the exterminator? Now he has to do more work and less spraying, whereas before he'd do more spraying and less work. Now I don't know if that makes any sense to you or not. But now we deal with pesticides that are so environmentally friendly that it really takes some expertise to get in there and actually eliminate the problem. And it's also a known fact that most of the products used by the professional exterminator are sold in, you know, your farm and garden stores, Lowe's and Home Depot. Yeah. The thing that segregates the, pop, the general population from the licensed PCO or the experienced PCO is the fact that he understands the product and what it does and how to apply it and when to use it and so on and so forth. Uh-huh. And what pest it works the best on, even though the label will carry you through a broad spectrum of, you can buy one pesticide that kills 900 insects, but there's probably really only one or two insects on there it actually works good with, you know. So yeah. it's it, uh-huh. it really the pest control operator. He still plays a major role, but he must know more than he used to have to know. You know, back in the days of chlordane, I could come out, and say you lived at 101 uh, Van Circle, and I accidentally went out and treated 103 yeah. for termites with uh-huh. chlordane. Uh-huh. Well, chances are I killed your termites, too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, along with numerous, yeah. numerous it was kind pets, of non-forgiving, and, you know, yeah. Yeah. numerous yeah. pets and small children. Going you, you don't want a guy with a with a flint gun full of DDT walking around no, your house. You don't want that right. anymore. But you know, point being, today the, the termiticides, pesticides, and the rodenticides that you use today, that can't happen. You must do the best treatments you've ever done in your life. Yeah, and. uh and when you when we talk about pests in general, you know the basic 
pests that the homeowner is plagued with are usually rats, mice, roaches, water bugs, ants, silverfish, earwigs, spiders, crickets, grasshoppers, and termites. Uh-huh. Those are the basic pests at which the homeowner sees on a regular basis. Then you have the other insects, which we call occasional invaders that will invade the property. Uh, box elder bugs, that's a real good one up here. I don't know what you have in Texas. You could, may have the longhorn beetle or something. I don't know. But nonetheless, the pest control operator must identify, locate, find his infestation, and apply these pesticides in strategic locations. And you have your famous government standing over you saying that you cannot use these products inconsistent of the labeling. Uh-huh. In other words, the poor old exterminator from start to finish documents everything he does right down to the number of ounces mm-hmm. that he applies and where it was applied and what the target pest was. Really? Yes. I mean, that's how serious it is. I didn't realize that. Yeah. we. You would think that the exterminator was walking around with a loaded shotgun. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the truth is what we're using, I, I, I venture to say it would harm no one. Yeah. Now, in in the older days, yes, it would. Diluted products these days. Yeah, as you know, the problem with your streams and lakes, they're finding mercury and chloridine uh-huh. in the fish. And uh, it's not, you can't blame the exterminator. It's this good old farmer who I love dearly, you know, treating treating various things, and it's running off his fields into the creeks, you know. Well, we're, they're, they're regulating that pretty heavily now, though, also, aren't they? Yes, yes they are. They, they are very much so. Well, Gordon, a while ago you commented on the fact how this impacted the small exterminator versus the larger guy. Maybe you could elaborate. Why? Because are the chemicals more expensive or <coughs> just the time spent on the job? Well, you know, I, I grew up in the early days. I started in the pest control business about 70 we used to fill a handheld sprayer for about six cents, eight cents. Today we fill it anywhere from six to twenty-five dollars. Uh-huh. So I mean that's a drastic difference. Oh yeah. Termiticides went from uh, I think I used to buy chloridine in a drum for six dollars a gallon. I could get fifty-five gallon drum for six dollars a gallon. Today that same mixture is about one hundred and fifty-six dollars a gallon. Whoa, whoa. So yeah. so you see that it was very drastic, and you can thank our government for that. They're always helping us out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know I, I sense that you're yeah. not happy with the government and their regulation of the environment. No, I'm not. Because but we only get... have we have a planet to live on, and there's lots of us trying to live here. Right. Well, get, yeah, you're right. Get, getting back to the the little exterminator is uh, it took like your big companies. Mm-hmm. They will invest the money into a job. Yeah. Cheaper. I mean, they'll take a job cheaper than we can actually buy the product to do the job. I got you. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. In an effort to weed you out or buy you out. If you won't sell out to them, then they say, all right, we'll just squeeze you out. Yeah. Uh, They'll they'll do jobs cheap enough that you can't. uh... That's right. But now what people don't understand about that situation, they also cheat the consumer because they don't apply the correct amount of termiticide, you know. So, but that's a whole show. We could go on about that all day. Yeah. Uh, it's it's horrible in that regard, but the the major factor was is that each individual operator has to have state and federal certification uh-huh. and has to acquire so many credit hours within a certain time frame in order to maintain uh, his his permission to go in homes and treat them. Which you know education is everything, and there's advanced education, but they carried it to extremes. Well, what happens to the little guy? He pays for every 
one of these uh, seminars that his men goes to. Yeah. Whereas the big companies, they get an entomologist on their staff, and the state accepts anything he sends to them. Yeah. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, and the ones that are investigated are the small companies, like we're audited annually. Uh, the larger companies, nobody seems to ever bother them. Yeah. <laughs> There's something uh, crazy about that, too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to get off on that. Uh, well, so, you know, you, so you can't just decide, I want to be a bank and have people come out and deposit money with you. That's also, everything is heavily regulated. Lots of regulations. Yeah, yeah I understand. You know, everything uh, is, you can't do and anything. And it must be regulated. Yeah. But it, yeah. It, it, it doesn't have to be in the, it doesn't have to discriminate. Not to the degree that it is. How would they keep right. from discriminating? What right. would they do? Just say, all right, if you're if you have under five people, you take can a, a bottle of DDT and go around and, and exterminate. And if you have more than five people working for you, you have, you know how would they? How else would they do it? Make the larger companies do the same thing the smaller companies do. Make well, them go to the seminars. That's, that's not going to happen because Republicans own the large companies. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to get into that either, Phil. Oh, well, we're, we're about to get into it here. Who knows about you, Phil? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Republicans you, own the large companies. That's the, that's the problem. Hey, well, Houston has filled me in on you on, on, on oh, politics. No, he talks too much. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me ask you this: You say r- rats and mice. Mm-hmm. What do you? I I had rats. Very, I live in the woods. I guess yeah. Tom Tom showed you my mouse. Did he drive you through here? Running through here? No, no. actually, we were working so profusely to accomplish yeah. what we were doing. But you didn't have time to do much. And we fought a couple of rain days, you know. Yeah. So we had we didn't have much time to do any loafing. Anyway, I live in the woods, and so we had for the first three or four years here we had rats bad. Yeah. Never did get one in the house, but we had them in the attic and in the yard and eating the dog food. And we uh-huh. we finally poisoned them all. What do you recommend? Trapping or poison or what? Well, you know, there's several ways you can control rats. Number one, the first thing you need to do is seal up their point of entry, getting in your house. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, any of your rodenticides that you buy, uh, even from a professional exterminator, are going to be what they call anticoagulant rodenticides. Yeah. They cause they cause hemorrhaging internally, and it's a very safe product because uh, uh, the percentage in the bait, if if a child consumed it, a child more likely would just throw it up. It yeah. wouldn't even be a problem. They said right. the same thing about my my animal that they probably wouldn't kill them. Right. It won't. It won't. It, that, it would have to be a dog in heat or something like that. That and then, of course, it, it could possibly yeah. kill it, but it'd be rare. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or you can use. There's such a thing as a glue trap. It's uh-huh. a board that has glue on it. I've it, seen those. And you can trap them with that. Or you have the expanded trigger traps, which is the little trigger you put the cheese on, and you can catch them. You know, it's a snap trap, and it it, it, and it kills them, breaks their neck. You know? Yeah. You can do it that way. Usually the anticoagulant rodenticides today are one-shot rodenticides. If they get one one little feeding on it, they're gone. They're history. Yeah. The carcasses dry up real quick. Uh, the odor is minimized. Uh, but there again, you kill out what's in your home, seal off all the points of entry, and you've eliminated that problem. We uh, we tried the glue trap. With a glue trap, then you got to go take something and knock them in the head. Well, you submerge them in water and drown yeah, them. And then, Mama didn't like that. She wasn't yeah, happy about yeah. that. Oh, uh, really? She, she didn't care for that. We tried those glue traps. And <laughs> we we trapped a few, and we ended up buying a, a, a thing called Just One Bite, which is just little pellets in a bag uh-huh. that you just stick under the porch. And, brother, we'd find, well, I bet we killed 50 one year. 
Oh, yeah. yeah oh, that, man, I couldn't believe. Where, you know, oh, where, yeah, we I never had one in the house. We had them in the attic bad. Uh-huh. But, man, I, you know. What, and you had them in the attic. What, did you have a roof rat? Uh, I, I don't know how they got in the attic. I never did figure out. I, I think they left a gap in the plate somewhere, and they were coming up a wall. Uh, you know, uh, is your house on a slab? My house, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Up here we have crawl spaces. And yeah, no, there's no crawl spaces. They'll go up the vent pipe all the way to the attic. We, had a, we got porches that uh, that are not on our porches. I, but I don't know how, but we well, I haven't, had one, I haven't heard one in the attic in a long, long time. Uh-huh. Uh, we, uh, well, rodents are a problem, especially in the fall of the year because yeah. of the temperature changing, and they're wanting to get indoors, too. Yeah. And uh, it is a problem. One of the other major problems we have is ants. Yeah. I'm sure y'all have yeah. in oh, Texas. Yeah. Boy, oh, boy, oh, uh, When I first started in the business, there was no such thing as a fire ant in Chattanooga, Tennessee. No. But now they're everywhere. Now. Yeah. You know, they've migrated all the way to uh, that far north. And uh, I'd like to tell your listeners that there is a product sold out of the uh, Lowe's and Home Depot and also Walmart. That'll kill them? Uh, yeah, it's called Amdro. Yeah, we use Will that, will that get them? And it, yes, it will. If you if you use it according to the label. You yeah. saw that last week, in fact. Yeah. That, that, old, that, that old wives' tale about putting grits on their mound and the grits swell up <laughs> inside them when they eat, That's that doesn't work. Does to be it? honest, as a licensed professional pest control operator, I mm-hmm. just don't think people would like me carrying out a bag of grits. <laughs> so I have never tried it. <laughs> but you, you, uh, <laughs> I just, I've heard that. And uh, I tried you might it. It, try didn't it. Work. If it works. I'd like to know. I, it didn't work. We we tried. It. It <laughs> but I, I wouldn't think it would. With the, with the Amdro Garden, do you put it on the mound or around the mound? It's around the base of the around mound. Around the base of the mound. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you determine? Is that where the sand stops, or you know yes. how they always kind of? Well, you 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 can tell. Uh, uh, of course, fire ant mounds are humongous. They are. And you just want to go around the outer perimeter of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, uh, so it, yeah. it's a. Uh, it's something that really works. Now, uh, cockroaches are a common problem. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. Uh, there are many different kinds. And, of course, the first thing you need to do is establish what kind you have. The most predominant is a German cockroach. Uh, it's a little small brown roach that lives in your kitchen and bathrooms normally, and it will uh-huh. spread throughout the house if they're allowed to populate. And believe you me, you're talking about sex. Now, those little critters, they, they have populate, sex. don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Because one egg capsule has thirty to fifty-five young in it. Yeah, whoa. And uh, so I mean, you know, it, it, they really reproduce. But you, you, actually, you need a professional to tell you what. I mean, because you would have no way of knowing what kind of roach you had. Unless... Well, there's, there's no. It's you know, a professional can take one glance at it and tell you there's about five roaches that are common to the exterminator. Uh-huh. Uh, you have a German and a brown banded. They're very much alike. One way you can tell the difference, one will cement his egg case to a surface, the other one won't. And you'll find your brown banded in the higher elevations of your cabinets. And don't ask me why. That's, yeah, that's odd. It's odd, but that's the, that's the case. Brown banded, by the way, does cement its egg case to a surface. The German roach just drops it wherever it falls. Uh-huh. See? So uh, then your other roaches, your larger roaches, which is your oriental and your... Uh, uh, American cockroach, and also y'all got the Smoky Browns, don't you? I don't know. Yeah, I know no. they do in uh, Florida and that area. I don't know if you have them or not. But those are large roaches commonly live in moist environments like under concrete slabs. Uh, That's not what we call the tree roach, is it? 
No, there is a wood roach. Okay. Uh, now, that, commonly, they don't infest your house. They're attracted to the light at night, and that's where you see them. Uh-huh. Uh, so they're really not that much of a problem. So, Gordon, if we've hired you and you came and exterminated our house, and then after when you're leaving, you say, now, there's things you can do to also help the problem. Like, <clears throat> I know you want to deprive them of food, but I've heard about, like, people keeping uh, grocery store sacks and boxes. Well, you know, sanitation runs hand-in-hand with pest control. We all know that. Yeah. Uh, Especially in commercial areas. Usually you can control a situation in a house in in the worst circumstances. Uh, There's been occasions that we haven't been able to, but, you know, that's rare. Usually you can control them under most any condition. But uh, commercially, where you go into restaurants and food warehouses and stuff like that, uh, it's it's essential, or you'll never obtain control. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, well, how about uh, for people that have that keep dogs and things in their houses and and, and have a flea problem? Okay, well that that's the flea problem is something that really requires the homeowner's help. And you, huh. you, if you if you can imagine, just the thing as simple as a vacuum cleaner. Uh-huh. Will, will help tremendously. And if an exterminator, if, if you vacuum real heavy before he arrives, and you come out and, you, and the exterminator comes out and he treats your home, he's going to use a combination of pesticides. One will be a growth regulator, uh-huh. which is going to break that, re, uh, that reproduction cycle. I've heard that. The other is going to be a residual spray, and then you're going to have what's called a contact spray. But it's still essential after it dries that you continue to vacuum heavy every day. And it's probably going to be 25 days before all your fleas are gone. Whoa. Yeah, because they, they, there are things you can rub on your dog also that will not kill the... There is a, the first-line product yeah. seems to work real well Yeah, where you install it right at the back of the neck of the dog. That's what we do. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that seems to work real well. And also, it doesn't hurt every once in a while to have your dog dipped. And you, but you've got to remember to put that stuff on once a month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's a monthly deal. You're right. It is. Yeah, I had a little problem with these black ants that come around the drains. And, the, and my exterminator told me, he said, what you've got to do is let them eat my bait and get to liking it better than they like whatever they're eating here. Is, yeah. that, is that about right? Yeah, that's probably a pharaoh ant you're talking about. Right. Little bitty. Little bitty. Would, yeah. Some people call them a sweet ant. Right. Okay. There is a home remedy for that, if y'all would be interested. Yeah. If you go to the grocery store and buy you a jar of apple uh, or mint jelly, okay, Uh and and also get you a little three and a half ounce bottle of borax acid, Uh the powder. Yeah. Put it in your blender and mix it up. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. You have made the same chemical that they sell the professional exterminator. That's called Drax. And it will do the very same job. And you just take and you can use Coca-Cola lids to put it out, or you can use uh, cut pieces of straws uh-huh. uh, and, and put it out in a lot of areas, in the in the little trails where the ants are running. Right, normally yeah. around the drain, like right. bathrooms and kitchens. And they right. will feed on that and carry it back to the nest, which is usually in the wall or under the false bottom of your kitchen cabinets or, you know, yeah. right. and, and, and behind receptacles, and they'll carry it back and... and and it will eliminate them. But now here's the catch. See, once again, we're looking at a 25, 30-day process to totally eliminate Right. You're not going to get results. Now, if you take an insecticide and you're spraying those ants, 
you're just slowing down the process. Yeah, killing what you see. That's right. Yeah. And you're not doing any good at all. Uh-huh. Why, why are you telling us all these home remedies? Well, I mean, I don't mind telling you because you're not going to do it right to start with. Because we're, we're not going to call the exterminator. We're not, we're not going to call. You know we're not going to call you, so it's hard to tell us you, about You get things. disgusted and you say, oh, no, you know, I, I can't. Uh, I'm going to have to call the exterminator. Oh, this is not working. I have my house done uh, twice a year, regardless. Yeah. I have it done twice a year. Well, that, that's good. And that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I don't want. Uh, any any pests? In my, I don't you know. I don't want them in my house. Yeah. Well, I, I, I believe that that I can tell the changes in the law you're talking about because about four years ago I had a guy. Phil used him too. Sammy Steed, Phil. Uh-huh. He exterminated yeah. my house, like I say, and pets and small children disappeared from the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have any problem. Okay. I didn't have any problem till now. And then I used his brother. Like, Sammy stayed with me half a day. You're going to get a And he sprayed the, the top. I have a story and a half house. He went up eight feet on the walls outside. And now his brother came. He spent about 15 minutes with me and just kind of pity-pattered around. And uh, so I'm wondering, you know. But yeah. I don't, I don't want to mislead you on this ant situation. Right. There are some ants that that are trailing like that. Yeah. Usually they're a little larger than what we're calling the pharaoh ant or the sweet ant. Right. You need to follow their trails back to the outdoors because most of them are coming from outdoors. Yeah. And you need to do some work outdoors in order to eliminate them. So don't let me mislead you on that. Right. But actually, for a blind person, the best thing to do is call somebody. Call well, absolutely. absolutely. And, and anybody that you call that's in... people call somebody. Anybody that's, uh, anybody that's in the phone book as a pest person is going to be trained to do what you're trained to do. Absolutely. That's right. But and, call, uh, call, it, don't call the work and call some small guy, right? Well, I, I believe that uh, wholeheartedly because I feel like that you'll get better service and... and, and uh, they're they're more. In other words, they appreciate you more. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Gordon, uh, do you have love bugs up there? Love bugs. Love bugs. It's well, a little black me... bug that flies around, and they're connected. There are two of them, but they're connected at the tail, and they're all over the place right now in East Texas. Yeah, uh, I've heard of that, but I'm really not up to date on it. Uh, well, this is something that. Uh, it, they're attracted by automobiles. They don't seem to be a problem around houses. But when mm-hmm. I got in my car to come down and do handyman today. Your windshield and headlights. I mean, I had love bugs all over my vehicle. Well, I'll, have to, look, I'll have to look that up. They're also called telephone bugs, and the reason they're called telephone bugs is because every time they see each other, they hang up. <laughs> okay. Uh, with that note, yeah. we're going to leave you, sir. And right. would, would you come back, man? I sure would like to meet y'all. You know, we well, I all... certainly would like to meet y'all, and uh, and uh, I, I hope to get down there soon. You ought to be sitting right here with us, having a cold beer and enjoying the handyman show. Oh, That's I'd love be it. it. I, I, you, I, I, bet you, I bet you Gordon. Tomorrow. I bet you Gordon doesn't drink beer. I bet he does. Anyway. Right. Tom, you said brother. Of course he does. <laughs> Gordon, thank you a lot, sir. All right. Thank you, we, sir. We look Good forward job, to visiting with you, and you, as I say, you build a hell of a deck. All right. Thank All you, right, sir. Gordon. Thank you. See you. We'll Bye-bye. We'll talk Bye-bye. with you back with more of the Blind Handyman Show in just a minute. The Blind Handyman. Blind Handyman. All lowercase one word at hotmail.com. That's blindhandyman at hotmail.com. Contact information.
Blind like me, blind like me, lowercase all one word at txucom.net. That's blind like me at txucom.net. Contact information. Blind handyman list search. Blind handyman dash subscribe at yahoogroups.com. That's blind handyman dash subscribe at yahoogroups.com. Contact information. Blind handyman at hotmail.com. Blind like me at txucom.net. Blind handyman dash subscribe at yahoogroups.com. Email us often and give us your opinion. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our shows, give us your contact information. This is Phil Parr. We're enjoying putting these little programs together for you. We hope you're enjoying them, too. We've been on with the Blind Handy Man for more than a year now. We've done ten Blind Like Me shows. We're having one little problem. You can help us with it. We always need guests for both shows, and we sometimes have a problem finding them. If you'd like to be a guest on either show, or you know someone who might make a good interview, email us at one of the following addresses. Blind Handyman, all one word, at hotmail.com, or Blind Like Me, all one word, at thucom.net. Also, if you have ideas for future shows, include them in your email. We'll look forward to hearing from you. And please tell your friends about the show. Thanks again from all of us at the Blind Handyman and Blind Like Me. are listening to The Blind Handyman, the talk of the blind community. Our email address is blindhandyman at hotmail.com. If you would like to be a part of the show, leave us a phone number and we will contact you soon. Now here's more of today's show with Phil Parr. The Blind Handyman, the talk of the blind community. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Shaw boy. What a deal. We love you. What uh, a deal. Anyway, I, we, I wanted to talk about uh, about air compressors today. Before I bought mine, my brother-in-law was always talking about buying an air compressor. And I wasn't really for it because I had never seen one. I didn't know what they did. I didn't know what they looked like. They were noisy. I thought, well, you know, why do I need an air compressor? I thought that until I bought one and bought a First thing I bought, I bought an air compressor. Now, an air compressor is a big thing with a tank on it, a compressor with a tank, and it, it compresses air down, and that air is under pressure, and that air pressure will run pieces of equipment. It will run uh, just about anything you want. It will run a drill. It will run a saw. It will run a nail guns of all sizes. It will um, run, it would run a small wood splitter. It will run just virtually any air up tires. A wrench. A, a pneumatic wrench. Yep. They're all called they call pneumatic tools. If you don't have an air compressor and you do a lot of work, like if you have uh, 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 things like we have, like lawnmowers and cars and four wheelers and all that stuff, kind of stuff. An air compressor is almost a must because they give you a little attachment that you have on the end of your hose, and it's just like a service station, you just just air up your tire. Yep. And uh, they're very handy. I, I recommend them for people who have, um, like, you're going to need one out at Bear Claw, Pat. You'll need an air compressor out there because you'll have, think how many tires you have. You have your trailer. Yes, sir. You have your lawnmower. Yeah. You're, you're fixing to buy another car. You'll have two cars. Okay. Uh, all kinds of things that you will need to air up tires. So eventually, you will want to buy probably an air compressor. Plus, the first thing I bought was a little thing they call they call it a Brad gun. I don't know why they call it a Brad gun. It shoots nails up to I think an inch and a half, maybe just a little bit longer than your electric 
uh, gun, Charles. Yeah, I think, I think so. It'll shoot inch and a half nails. And I thought, well, I'm going to try this thing out. So I, I cut me out a little birdhouse, got all the pieces, and I filled up my little Brad gun, tacked it together. It took me five minutes to tack it together, whereas hammering nails or gluing would have taken a oh, half hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. So oh, and I thought, go. this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. So now I've got... Got a big gun. I've got a framing gun that will actually put a nail in concrete. I mean, it's a big, heavy, probably weighs 10 pounds. If you carried one of these suckers around all day, you'd get tired. It's a framing gun. You can lay a two-before on a piece of concrete. And if you have a concrete nail, you can hold it down, pull the trigger. It will shoot the nail through the two-before and into the concrete. That nail, that thing will be fastened. Yep. Folks, it will be down on that concrete. You'll take a crowbar and pop it up if you can. You'll probably split the two before before you get it up. Uh, and that's powerful. I mean, that's a lot of power. Uh, lots of power. So if you've never looked at an air compressor, you've never seen one, go to Lowe's or go to Home Depot or, or some big store like that that sells Sears, I guess, would sell them, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. ask them, tell them, I want, do what, by what, Houston? Nothing. What are you thinking of it? Nothing. I was thinking of something you said I'm earlier. not buying anything else from Sears as long as I live. <laughs> yeah. I bought a drill from Sears, and they quit yeah, making yeah. the battery for the damn thing two years after I bought it. I'm not buying anything else from Sears. Uh, anyway, uh-huh. Sears would have this uh, clothes, maybe. They would have it. They'd have it. Ask, ask them to let you look at an air compressor. Mine was, I think I bought it at Lowe's, and it was 160 bucks. You can buy them even smaller than that. I think they make... They make a little what they call a pancake compressor that's about $100 that Walmart was selling. Remember, uh, somebody had one. Uh, Tom Fussell had one. Yeah. It's a little flat-looking compressor. Now, it will run a nail gun. It would run a framing gun if there was only one person yeah, using it. Yeah, are these the kind, some air compressors, like little paint compressors, do not store the air. You know, they're generating it as, it, yeah, as you go. they go. Yeah. Uh, so that would run a very small appliance, but yeah, but, I don't know if they'd run a nail gun or not. Right? No, I think not. Spray but gun this little hundred dollar one would run a a nail gun. If you were the only if you were the only guy using it, it would it would probably run because it, it has a little tank and it will store at right. least a little. Yeah, it air. does. It does store air. But then but the time you you can't with a framing gun one person. You'd, especially a blind person, you'd do a nail, and then you'd have to find where you want to do the next nail. So you'd give it 15 or 20 seconds to build up air. It'd probably yeah. run a lot. Yeah. But it would sure run a little brad nailing gun very easily. Oh, yeah. And it would run a drill, or they actually, they don't, they call them something else. They don't call them drills when, you, when you're, they're pneumatic. They call, there's some, uh, something, an air wrench or a air something. Anyway. I have one. It would run that, and it would sure air up your tires. And you can buy one of those, I think, for like a hundred bucks, hundred and ten bucks at Walmart. But so if you if you do a lot of fooling around like we do, it, you might think about that. Go ahead, Pat. Well, and because they're so noisy, you know, a lot of blind people are intimidated. Sometimes noisy uh-huh. things irritate them. Go examine one that's not running because it, it it's made up of several things. It has an electric motor that drives the compressor. It's got a belt because then it's going to have a guard on that belt so you can't get your finger in there. I mean, there you know you'd have to be familiar with your piece of equipment, but it's it's quite a handy deal. You'd have to work to get hurt with one. Right. I, I looked it over before we we fired it up. I looked it over well. My brother-in-law came over and read the instructions and what you do the first thing is open the regulator and turn it on and let it blow air, let it blow all the little medical part, metal particles out. And then we let it run <clears throat> 10 minutes doing that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then we shut it down, and we wanted it to air itself up, and it, it aired up. It took about a minute and a half, two minutes, and about two minutes in, John said, why don't we go somewhere else and get away from this thing? 
Because uh-huh. it kind of it was making enough noise, it, it scared really him. Noise. But you'd you'd have to work at getting hurt with one. You'd have to work hard at it. And if you if you are going to build something, if you're going to do build some picnic tables or anything you're going to build, you might think about buying a little. A Brad guns about fifty bucks. An air compressor would be a hundred dollars. You'd have to have a piece of hose, which would be about twenty five bucks. So for less than two hundred dollars, you can get in the air compressor business. And I, as a blind person, recommend them yeah. with the right training. A nail gun's a hell of a lot easier than using a hammer. Boy, I love it. Anyway, we've done another one, guys. 51. We have. Yes, sir. Talk about pest another control. Another one bites the dust. Rats and all kind of things. And, and uh, Anyway, it's been a good show. Why am I <clears throat> having, having a problem here? But I'll get over it by next week, I hope so. We're switching places. I hate this. All right. I want my place. <laughs> Do it. Your place. Switch for next week. And, and we're going back to mono next year. Somebody call us and let us know if it sounds any different in stereo. Thank you, Don Pat. Yes, sir. Enjoy. And you're, and you're on for those uh, blind for side. those next Monday. That'll be Don. Uh, is Don Shaw's with us? Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Don Shaw. Yeah. Tom Houston? Oh, it's good to be back. We'll see you all next week. as uh, Phil Park. I see, said the blind man as he picked up his hammer and saw.